0: You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ. From Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. Good morning. And do you know what another good morning to? I actually looked at our podcast stats this week and I was pleasantly surprised. We don't don't know what to expect, but there are people that are um listening, listening that aren't here that go onto the podcast. Even some that don't even come to this church, log on and listen to the sermons. And so good morning to you if you're listening. From wherever you're listening as well. We do appreciate that, and we're glad that you appreciate the ministry here as well. So, being in a series in Hebrew's got three weeks left. And for the t- and if you haven't been here, please go back and have a listen and you can play catch up or where we've been. But for the last ten chapters, the writer has been telling us time and time again, does anyone want to guess this one sort of idea we've been following? There might be a big cheat behind me. Anyone want to tell me that the concept that we've been looking at for the last 10 chapters? Jesus is better than. For the last 10 chapters, the writer has been encouraging the early church and us that Jesus is better than everything. And he even goes and lists the things that Jesus is better than. And then the last three chapters, he kind of changes direction. The last three chapters, he decides to just, he uses this word which is coming up. Um, He uses this word, therefore. He knows that when you get to heaven, there's not an attendance sheet that says, how many times did you go to church? Although going to church is good, it's good for the body. We're going to talk about why it's good, actually a part of this passage. But there's no attendant. Oh, I see you missed one in May. 1997. All right. Mm, okay. We'll put you in a yeah. We'll put you in a lesser mansion. It doesn't work like that at all. And there's not even a trivia test. You don't get them. He goes. All right. Here's the forms. So everything he's talked about, he said is good, but it's good for something. Therefore, Jesus is better than everything. Therefore, powerful words. It means something in your life. It means something right now. And it means something in your life ten minutes after you walk out the church. Therefore. And so we're gonna go through exactly what he means and what it means over the, like I said, over the next three weeks, starting from this morning. So let me start there, straight after where Jewel finished off. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place. As we explored last week, we can enter the presence of God through Jesus now. Since we can do that by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with a heart sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let me pause there. With my first point, first encouragement. Therefore, we now can approach God. We talked a bit about this last week. We don't have to go through the washing, the lamb, the meal. We have to go through all these things to get to God anymore. You guys just rocked up this morning. I drove from a caravan in Ballina and was able to just rock up. And I knew, guess what? Well, God was there with me in Ballina. And he's there with me now. He's always there and his presence is available for those who have accepted Jesus. We can approach God. How do we do that, though? What's some good advice on approaching God? Well, the Holy Spirit's here this morning. And most of you, if not all of you, know Jesus. So turn to the person beside you or in front of you and ask them how they approach God. What type of things do they do to remind themselves of God's presence? I'll give you minus five minutes. (laughs) Go. How do you approach God? Call out a few. Call out a few for me. Prayer. Prayer. Good one. That's a good one. Prayer like he's actually listening. So not like that grace you say with a family when you, I do this, I'm guilty of this. Thank you, God, for our food. Let's eat. Amen. Come on, kids, eat. It's actually taking a step back and going, he's actually here. We can approach the creator of the universe. Pray like he's listening. Pray like he'll answer. Pray like he's present. Anything else? Anyone else? got? Sorry, the Bible, absolutely. Let, let's get to know him so we know where he'll be. We know how to approach him. Beautiful. I know these are simplistic things, but they're things that fall out of our life when things get busy. This is how we approach him. Prayer like he's working. Prayer like he's listening. Walk in his presence. Walk with him. As a young guy, my constant reminder, I've got it written on my phone, is... Not necessarily to follow Jesus, but not to try to run ahead of him. Prayer and walk with him each day. I'll get up there and I'll go, hang on. He still wants me back there. Slow down. (laughs) Follow him. Walk with him in his presence every day. It's good. Let's Let's continue. We'll keep going. Then it says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. So we know. Last 10 chapters, Jesus is better than everything. All the philosophies, all the heroes, all your heroes, Jesus is still better. So how do we hold fast to that in a world that has TV screens that fit in our pockets, that is distraction field? How do we hold fast, give you negative five minutes, ask the person beside you in front of you, someone annoy Betty as well? So she's got no other side, so someone bother her about it and ask her what she thinks. But how do you hold on to Jesus in a distraction world? I'll I'll, I'll let's just talk to each other for one sec. Yep, go for it. I'll come and annoy you, Betty. I just got well, like recognising his sovereignty, that he's in control of everything. I love the praising him, pra- remembering that he's worthy of our praise. Love that. Anyone else want to call out? Just a, Yep. Sorry. Don't follow the crowd. Crowd men- mentality is dangerous. We see on the story Easter, one moment they're putting palm leaves down. The next minute, they're ready to crucify him because the crowd said, don't follow the crowd, be clinging to him. Yes, be thanking him. Yes, we're pretty blessed. I know there's some stuff going on in our lives in this church. I know there's some heavy things. But if we live in Burley, Australia, for the moment, we're like the richest 10% of the world. We're pretty blessed. And so how often do you get up and say, look, life's not perfect because we're not in the kingdom of God fully. Thank you. Thank you, God, for what I have. Thank you for what I have today. Thank you for the day ahead. I love that. Thankfulness, gratitude. We're not going to go too far into that because Josh is going to talk about perseverance next week. But let us hold fast to the confession of our hope. And so hold on to God is my second encouragement this morning. And then the third it tells us. So with all the information we've covered... Ten chapters, these are the three things this writer thinks that the church needs to hear and be encouraged with, what to do with that information. So the third one, and let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. I have friends that say to me, going to church makes you as much as a Christian as standing in a garage makes me a car. And that what they're trying to say is they're usually Christians who have been burnt by the church. Just going to church doesn't make you a Christian. But where do you take a car when it needs to be tuned up? Where do you take a car to keep it running well? The garage. And so church in a perfect world is the place you come to be encouraged. To be lifted up, yes, by what happens up here, but what happens out there is just as important. The words you speak to each other. Encourage each other. Tell some stories of God's goodness this week. It's the third thing this writer thinks he needs to tell the early church. So it's pretty important. Encourage. Cling and hold to God and encourage, encourage, encourage. And I like this all because the day is near approaching. This world's not getting any nicer it's a pretty dark place at times, so encourage each other. Some of us have had the worst week, encourage each other. Some of us had the best week, encourage each other. Approach God, cling to him, and then your first action of knowing Jesus is to encourage each other, love each other. Or as we say at this church, we use this Just words to try to simplify things. We gather together and we grow together. We gather and we grow. According to the writer of Hebrews, one of the first central actions of living with the divine presence that we've committed to is encouraging each other. During the week, during any chance you get, giving each other a call. And not that fake encouragement, When you're busy, I'm guilty of this sometimes. Oh, your shirt looks nice. (laughs) Or like you're trying to think through something. No, honestly, find something that you've seen God doing in their life and encourage them with if you can help it. Bala and Anne must be hard for two people to pull out on the worship band. That must be stressful. Gee, you nailed it without them, though. They needed, we love them. But you did a good job. Find things that you can see God doing and encouraging. Again, that implies that the morning tea can be just as important together. This afternoon, part of that whole day of encouragement with each other. So just some questions. We're going to head back into the Scripture and follow through a bit more, but some questions to ask yourself. Have you encouraged someone from this church this week? You don't have to say yes or no. Don't answer. It's rhetorical. Just think through this. Have you encouraged someone from this church this week? Have you blessed someone in this community this week? Have you prayed for someone in this community this week? Have you asked someone how they are and actually wanted to know how they are this week or took the time to listen? Not a guilty thing, by the way. Just an encouragement from you because it's the third most important thing that this writer thought that we needed to know as the earl or the church after we understand who Jesus is. Just consider, have a think and then ask God what he has for you with that. Let's keep reading because he fleshes this out. So we've got, although, let me summarise first of all. We've got number one, approach God and hold to him. Gather with God and each other. And number two, stir up one another to help build the kingdom. Grow with God and each other. Let's keep reading and he fleshes this out a little bit more. For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. But a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. Again, heaps in there, but an encouragement to not go back to the way you're living once you find Jesus. Not because it's naughty but because it's bad for you. It's not good. It's not producing fruit or life. Jesus is. And so stay away from that. Encourage each other to stay away from the things that draw your heart towards death. Don't receive Jesus and then go on living exactly the same. Mostly because it's a waste of having the living presence in your life. Don't go back to it. Keep reading. How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God? That's what it looks like to go back. We all make mistakes, but it looks to go back into the life you were living and forgetting the power of Jesus that you had. It looks like you've trampled the Son of God underfoot and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has outraged, outraged the spirit of grace. For you know him who said, vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to do, to fall into the hands of the living God. Talking again about God's divine judgment. Not a good idea to say, thanks God, you're better than everything, really appreciate it, love your work. I'm going to change absolutely nothing about myself now, or the way I work, or the way I act, and then I'll just... Chill out to heaven. <laughs> not a good idea to do that to the ultimate judge, the king of the universe. Not a, not a good idea to take his gift. And as we say some Christmases, just leave it under the Christmas tree and not open it. Not a great idea. It's, this is good advice for us as Christians. Imagine being set free, but then walking straight back into entrapment, walking straight back into the snares and the traps Of the enemy. What a waste. Let me keep reading. But recall the former days when you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction. This is talking to a time where people were publicly persecuted. This still happens in many places, as we heard from Open Doors a couple of weeks ago. Suffering for their faith sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have the need of endurance so that when you've done the will of God, you may receive what is promised remember he's saying remember this is a technique we talked about how do you cling to God remember what it was like when you first met Jesus and if you don't know Jesus this morning come and have a chat to me because that's the first step but remember what it was like remember the excitement he said people would plunder your property and you'd be all right because you had the only thing that mattered Jesus remembering is important Recall the former days, he says. I love this line and I thought about it this week and I thought it was timely because if I could sum up an element of the Ministry of Pleasant Sunday afternoon and Jules' talk last month on this, it was a little bit of recall the former days, recall your life, thus live so far, and remember where God's been a part of it. And our memories do that with music. Part of the ministry of that afternoon, I believe, is remembering that God's been at work the whole time. And we're human, so we do that through song. We listen and we go, that's right, he was there then. That's right, he was there then. That's right, I remember praying going, where are you, God? And now looking back, he was sitting beside me. Remember the former days. And we're all alive and we're a little bit older than our first day, so we all have former days. Remember then, remember when you first met Jesus, remember what he's been doing in you, building, growing. And what a great way to talk about stirring with one another as I reflected on this words. We have young mothers we just talked about here this morning. Here's a bit of a challenge to grow and stir. They need to hear from people that, older mothers, that the sleepless nights will at some point, finish. There's more stresses to come. Don't tell them that. <laughs> they need to hear as their kids almost trip you over with your hot coffee that they're, they're doing okay. They're doing okay. And they need to hear, not just mothers, the wisdom. We need, they need to hear about the former days. Not the things you liked then. But what God did then, how you battled sickness, how you lost loved ones but God was still in it, how you lost your job, but it turns out God was there. How you had friends leave and just say, I'm done with you, and the enemy was part of that, but you survived. I love that picture. Let's be reminding each other of the former days in a sense of what God has been doing. What God has been doing the entire time and spurring one another. I love that picture. I've said here on one side of the room we have people starting apprenticeships, building their careers and families. Life is a blur, nappy, sickness, whinging, not sleeping, barely making it into church in the morning. And we have another side that has lived that What an encouragement. Goes two ways. Beautiful. Almost looks like a different type of community. A kingdom of that. It's good. Number one, approach God and hold on to him. And number two, stir one another up to help build the kingdom. Let me keep reading. For yet a little while and coming one day will come and will not delay, but my righteousness one day will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back that are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. A reminder that it's fleeting. Life is fleeting. There's eternity coming. Hold on to what you have. I'll keep moving down. Again, I'm going through this scripture pretty fast. I'm hoping that we're reading this during the week and exploring this a lot deeper. I'm covering the broader stuff today. So, I'm going to read from here. Ten weeks, we found out that Jesus is better than any, everything and anything. If you found something better than Jesus, please let me know. I'm super curious. So that's the challenge. Come tell me. Then we hear that the three things he asks us to do is be, approach Jesus hold on to Jesus, hold on to that news, protect that news. And how do we do that, church? We encourage each other, lift each other up, keep fighting the battle. And then what happens? What happens if we do that? What happens if it all bubbles up inside of us, church? What happens if the Holy Spirit ignites in this church? What if Jesus is at work at church? What happens if we encourage each other and transcend generations through Jesus Christ? What bubbles over? Well, listen to this. I'm going to read a fair bit. Listen to this. By faith, it says. Not faith as in blind faith that you just, you trust that. A great example, maybe not even a great example, but an example. If I walked in today and we had no lights installed and I said, I just have faith that I'll walk into the church this morning and we're going to have lights on, that's blind faith. If I have a healthy understanding that when I drive here today there's going to be a good chance the electricity's on and we have lights on, I turn the switches on by faith. There's not a guarantee, there's a good chance. We've just spent 10 weeks (laughs) discussing more than a good chance that Jesus is better than anything else you can have. That's what faith looks like. You now can take that and step into the world by faith but assurance that Jesus is better than anything you'll face. So listen to this. Now faith is the assurance. Oh, he says this anyway. He didn't even need me to explain it. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, for the conviction of things not seen, for by it the people of old receive their con- condemned, um. I'm getting too excited and I can't read now. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was made out of things that are visible. By faith Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. Through which he has commended a righteous God, commending him by accepting his gifts. And through faith, though he died, he still speaks. This is going through the whole Bible story of everyone that stepped out and look what did. By faith, Enoch was taken up so he should not see death and he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him forever who would draw near to God must believe that he exists, that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah being warned of God concerning events yet unseen. talks about Noah. It goes on to talk about Abraham. By faith, Abraham stepped out. talks about Sarah stepping out at the ripe old age of 90. Would she have a kid? Would God, by faith, she stepped out? talks about Isaac, Jacob, Esau, Moses conquering Egypt, going through, escaping, heading to the promised land by faith, Samson, Samuel, David, the prophets. And listen to the things they did. I love this. When you step out in faith, listen to this, 33. Who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises stop the mouths of lions quench the power of fire escaped the edge of the sword were made strong out of weakness became mighty in war put foreign armies to flight women received back their dead by resurrection that's the type of dangerous things that happen if you let Jesus flow out of here if you step out in faith if the fruit starts to show Don't get concentrated on the cultural details. I know none of us have stopped a lion recently. I understand that. It's a different time. It's in the West here with no lions roaming the streets. But how many people have had a disagreement with someone at work and prayed about it, and they might have been a nasty type of person and have seen God close their mouth? Seeing God bring peace out of it. Not on all occasions, but who's seen God work in some nasty pieces of work that you could call lions in the workplace where you live and you've seen God over time or even instantly shut their mouths and relax them. I've seen it. Disarm them. How many times have you disarmed someone with peace and kindness? How many of the less fortunate, even in this church, have we seen and we stick up for and we want to do more of that because that's what it looks like when the fruit of all this stuff, when the fruit of Jesus being better than everything actually sits in our heart. I like that line. It's very graphic, the edge of the sword. I want you to raise your hand, not if you've encountered a sword fight, but if you've ever had those moments where you're like now reflecting back, I was at the edge of a sword. God got me through that, and I can't believe how close I was to more damage or something worse. Who's had that? As you reflect back, you think, it gives you a shiver. You think, what could have been if those words came out of my mouth or if I did that thing I was about to do or I followed my friends in those actions or I turned that way or I didn't stop at that sign? You think, geez, what would have been if God didn't protect me from like the edge of the sword swinging by my face? Or God turning your weakness into strength. It's not a guilt trip this morning. This is just the biblical reality of what happens if we accept, church, that Jesus is better than everything. We approach it with confidence. We hold on to it. We encourage each other. That's what leaks out. That's what starts coming out of this church. That's the stories people start saying if we step out in faith. And so my third point. Number one, approach God and hold on to him. Number two, stir one another up to build the kingdom. And number three, step out, create, build, restore and participate in the kingdom of God. I don't know what I mean by God with God and his... Oh, go. Go. (laughs) <laughs> go with God and his spirit. It all starts with stepping out. So three questions. I'm going to ask the, the, the band to come on up. And then I'm going to ask these three questions. And I've chosen this song deliberately. It's, it's Hillsong's song. It's called Oceans. And it's probably my favourite song. It Just because I love the, the image of stepping out into the deep. So... Whether you like Hillsong or not, that's not what I'm asking. I'm asking, do you you understand the concept of stepping out into the deep, giving him all, stepping out into something deeper, church? So three questions to ask yourself as Bala and Anne lead us through this song as we close the service. One, what practice can you place in your life to allow you to draw closer to God each day and hold on more tightly? If you're sitting there and going, I don't know, then find someone that looks like they've been a Christian for a bit longer than you and ask them what they do, what practice they do. Number two, how can you commit and encourage those around you in their walk with Jesus? What can you practically do today? What can you practically do this week to encourage each other? And number three, where and what is God asking you to step out into? Where? Are things in your life a little bit deep, a little bit scary? What could you step out into? Let's pray. And then I'm just gonna yeah, ask you all to stand while I pray. If that's okay, can we stand while I pray? Father, 10 chapters and then two chapters covered this morning is so much information, Lord. So much to process. But Father, I pray that we don't become spiritually fat, Father. I just pray we just don't eat and eat and eat and eat, Father. That we just take more information, more cool facts, more more sermons, more more fellowship, more more everything and just consume it. And it never gets out of the church, Lord. Father, challenge us to step out. Challenge us to step out at our unis, at our schools, at our workplaces, at our where we live, with our neighbours. Let it flow out of us, Lord. Let it bear fruit in our community, Father. Let us be on mission the second we leave the encouragement that is church. Father, tell us, reveal an area in our life, Lord, that we could be a bit, a bit more bolder Father, reveal an area. Let your spirit reveal an area today or this week if there's a place in our life that we need to acknowledge that you're still better than that and we need to step into it. Challenge us now with what we're going to do with you this week and in the coming season. In Jesus' name, amen.